Welcome to episode 38. Today we're going to continue our conversation with Sarah McInerney Hawk about facing fear, and we're going to go a little bit deeper into her marathon journey. Hope you enjoy. Here's what you can look forward to on this episode of Inspire Virtual Runs podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I never wanted to sit back or sit on the bench. Like I want to be right there in the action. I'm also the oldest of four siblings. So I've always wanted to be the best or be the leader in everything athletically. And I'm just super competitive. So whatever I had to do to get to my finish lines, whether it was a nebulizer or an inhaler seven times, which is not recommended, or changing my diet a little bit, I was like, I will do this. And it has made my my life better too. Because like you said, accepting that is you can until you try to like see what's on the other side and see that it could be a little bit better. And I'm so glad I've done those things. Are there other things I could probably be doing like cutting out gluten completely? Yeah, but I just, I can't right now. So, you know, take what you can do, do what you can with what you have and keep it moving. Welcome to Inspire Virtual Runs Podcast. Whether you are new to running or seasoned, Get tips and the inspiration that you need to achieve your health and fitness goals. Now, here's your host, Richard Connor. And then the story with your knee, is this part of your marathon story or is this kind of still when you're kind of getting up to speed, up to speed, no pun intended, uh, with, with running? So I tore my ACL for the first time in 2010 on my last club soccer game when I was a senior in high school, and that was super heartbreaking. I went to college to play soccer and spent my freshman year rehabbing. It's a pretty, it's an intense injury, but also I knew that I never wanted this to happen to me again, so I took all of my PT super seriously. Um, I recovered from my first ACL surgery almost perfectly. I went back to running, jumping, all these crazy things with little to no pain. It was, it was very, very awesome. My second surgery happened in 2016, so six years later. And at that point, I was a full-grown adult. I was working full-time. I'm no longer you know, a collegiate athlete or important to anyone in an athletic way. And I was also paying for the surgery this time. You know, I was on my own insurance. And so it was much more stressful. In college, I was going to physical therapy every day. As an adult, I was lucky if I could schedule it in twice a week. And that's just not enough when you have an injury like this. So the knees have been a part of my athletic journey since that first time I had that tear. But especially after 2016, because... I truly thought that my athletic identity was over and I wasn't going to be able to do all of the things that I had done before. And that was true. I'm not able to do some things, but that's when you pick yourself up and say, well, fine, if it's a no over here, where is it a yes? And so I started finding my yeses. Okay, yes, I can do a sprint triathlon that only requires X amount of swimming, the biking, and then like a 5k, I can do that. And so eventually I just kept working up like I talked about before. And so I wouldn't say my knee was a huge part of my, my marathon journey last year at all, because I was in such a good place and it was actually bothering me a lot in January, February, March of 2020. 
But luckily for me, I have great insurance. So I went to physical therapy, did the little stupid exercises that I hate. Um, <laughs> and sure then when Corona, <laughs> yeah, when COVID shut us down, I stopped going to physical therapy, but I also stopped needing it. I don't know what it was about the training. I think it was my knee knowing every day this girl works out, we're just going to go in a straight line that my knee was like cool with it. So I had minimal to no discomfort or pain while training for my marathon, um, thanks to my knee with two surgeries. So I'm super proud of that because in our pre-interview conversation, a lot of people love to say, oh, well, I have this injury or I have quote bad knees. And I'm like, do you though? Like, have you had two major surgeries? And it's not to say that to rub it in their face or make them feel bad. It's just to show you that what you think is impossible is possible. So that was a huge highlight for me because I really thought my athleticism was over in 2016. And years later, I went and did something bigger and greater and grander than I ever could have prior to a second surgery. And that's just very cool and self-reassuring. Very cool. Thank you so much, Sarah. I I love this part of your story. And it's really helpful, I think, for all of us to to see someone who who did it, right? You you wanted to do it. You took the steps to overcome these challenges and you didn't let fear get the best of you and just say, you know what? I, Absolutely. I can't, right? I can't, I can't yep. do it. So, so thank you for sharing that, you know, and I'd love to move into like the next part of the conversation and talk a little bit more about your marathon journey. And, you know, I'll share a little bit about my story and I've shared a little bit with the community. I started running in high school. I did cross country mostly and a little bit of track. And I was okay, right? I was okay at it. I wasn't the fastest person on the team, but uh, I felt pretty good about it. One one of the sports that I thought I could do. But after high school, I didn't run as much and really only ran as part of my, uh, I would say workouts, but I didn't take running as seriously as when I was in high school. Until a few years ago, I went back to two things happened. One, I went back to my old high school after decades and did the annual 5k and it was so wonderful just like we were talking about just being in the race and it was also very nostalgic for me to be back in my old high school and kind of remind me what it was like to run you know cross country and track during those days so that was the first thing and then the second thing is i was introduced by a family friend to get into spartan races and for me spartan races allowed me to challenge myself in different ways. Like for me, running wasn't as much of a challenge and I didn't have a desire to go long distances, but physically doing other things were very challenging. Like, I, you know, I don't have a lot of upper body strength and, you know, there's a lot of sports that would be very tough for me, but, but Spartan really challenged me in different ways. And I use it as an opportunity to overcome fears that I had. I had fear of heights big time. I still do. But in a Spartan race, you, you know, you're going on obstacles that's going to require you to, to, to go up pretty high. You got to climb so, up there. Yeah. Right. And, and there were other fears that I had around that. So, you know, I love to talk, you know, here. So that's kind of my story. And since then I've run seven Spartan races, three of which were cool. virtual. Yeah. So it was like super exciting Four of the muddy. Well, they weren't all muddy before like the in-person ones, I'll say some were muddy, some weren't. And then three virtual, which are the ones that I did last year. And the half marathon was kind of that that capstone uh, race there that, that my coach ran with me. So that's a little bit about my you know journey doing that. So I'd love to hear more about yours, you know, your marathon journey and kind of how you, you, you did that through the course of the year. 
Yeah, again, I got inspired because people around me at work were doing marathons. And my original thought was, I'll do 26.2 before I turn 26. Well, that dream was crushed because I tore my second ACL at 26 instead. And so I always had this fear, too, of aging and thinking, if I don't do this in my 20s, I probably will never do it. And I actually did an episode with a woman named Lindsay Hine on my podcast, and it's a great one. She's huge in the running community. She's a runner herself, but she also has her own running community. And she gave me this great piece of advice, and she was like, you just never know. And she has four little boys And she says, I run better now than I ever did when I was by myself in my 20s and thought I was at my peak. So I have this fear of my peak is going to end, like I'm not going to be able to get this thing. And so after I, you know, had the 26.2 before 26 in my mind, that died. And then I just let go of the dream for years because I just thought it was literally impossible And then it just kept staying on my mind. And it was one of those things in life where I just knew deep down, if I don't try this and I were to die tomorrow, I would be mad at myself. And so I didn't want to have any regrets. And so I said, fine, at the end of 2020, I gave myself also 11 months. That's another big thing that I think a lot of people have misconceptions about with running or races is you think these people just make this goal overnight and go run the next weekend. This is months, months, months in the working. So I gave myself 11 months from decision day to race day. So I decided at the end of 2020, okay, I'm going to do a marathon next year. And I just canceled out anything else. Um, You know, I used to do like these really intense outdoor workouts. I was a part of a different athletic community and I let go of my, I didn't actually have a gym membership, but I was still doing CrossFit a little bit through um, my company's gym. And I dropped everything and said, okay, I'm going to do the marathon. And luckily for me, my training brought me a lot of joy and great times and I enjoyed it. Otherwise I wouldn't have stuck with it, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I got to my training and how I decided I wanted to do a full marathon. I wanted that (laughs) 26.2 medal next to all my 13.1s. And it was just something that was so bucket list for me that I had to try before, um, you know, my time was up, my clock was out. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's great. That's great. And what do you think was your biggest fear in terms of going for the, for the marathon? Was it, was it your age or were there other things that were kind of holding you back at that time saying, "Mm, I don't know if this is right for me. Like, what, what do you think that was? Luckily, I had matured enough to the point where I understood it's not about age. It's really about how you feel and what you're fueling your body with. So I was in a really good place that way. I did have a fear of abusing my knee and the beautiful reconstruction that my surgeon did for me on my ACL. My mother also, every time I would post a long run, she would be like, oh my gosh, like you better be able to run around with your kids one day. Like don't hurt yourself. I'm like, I know, I know mom. But I would say my biggest fear was when the race got canceled and they went virtual. I was just last night, I had a journal all through 2020 and I was looking back at this time in late June and I had wrote in there, I think I will still do it. I'm not sure, but I think I'll still be able to do it. And now I'm like, Dude, thank God I still did it that day. (laughs) I would have been so mad at myself had I not. Um, Am I sad I didn't get the traditional experience? Yes. But I'm so happy that I continued through with it and faced that fear of 
no crowds, no corral, no big festival to kick it off, nobody on the course watching, cheering throughout, and then none of those post, post-race post goodies, those weren't present either. Um, so that was probably my biggest fear of doing it, quote, alone. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I could see that. And, you know, in the community, we talk a lot about two elements to virtual. One uh, is the virtual races, and the other one is the virtual community. And on the virtual race side, it's for folks who maybe prefer right? The virtual races and kind of running alone and maybe they kind of want to stay away from the crowds irrespective of the pandemic. And also it's an opportunity to, but on the other side, it's also an opportunity to maybe augment what you're already doing. So if you're running live races, but you you want to challenge yourself and run, you could run a virtual race and then you have a lot of flexibility in in doing that. So we talk a lot about like the, the virtual races, but you're right. If someone is very focused on all the things you just said for an in-person race, that's just, you know, that can be challenging to, to think yeah. about a virtual race. Yeah, mentally, for sure, of all the glitz and glamour being gone. You're like, oh. but I will say huge shout out to Monumental Marathon here in Indianapolis. They did a great job of sending in, inspirational emails. And then also they gave us our race materials prior to running. Mm. So going into my day, I already had my medals. I had gloves. I had a few snacks in this box that I received. And it was, they did a great job of making you feel like this is a big deal without anybody there to say, (laughs) this is a big deal. So they did a great job. That's super cool. That's super cool. And thank you for for sharing your journey. And again, I'm just reflecting on my own journey to, to the half marathon. So not quite marathon. I'm, haven't made the decision yet, but there's a few folks that are encouraging me to take that step. So we'll see. Not 2021, yeah. maybe in 2022. Yeah. But just thinking about the the half marathon, I'm like, I, I'm going to do it virtual and I'm going to train. And I had you know, a training plan, like you said, it was, it's critically important. And I just kind of worked my way up. And uh, the first race was a 5K plus obstacles because it was a Spartan virtual race. Second was a 10K. And even the 10K, I hadn't done too much. So for that was like a stretch. And then I got there and I'm like, all right, okay, I'm a little closer, you know, and then and then the half marathon came and that was, it's called the beast, by the way, it's a Spartan beast. And yeah, I can tell you, like, for virtual, it was a beast, but I can't even imagine what the in person is going to be like, uh, when I get there one day. So a virtual Spartan, are you just running the distance? No. So you're doing the distance plus you're doing the obstacles as if you were running an, an in-person race, but the, yeah. but the obstacles are different. So obviously there's no rope climb and you're not crawling under yeah. barbed wire, which is, you know, super cool and <laughs> sometimes dangerous at the same time. Yeah. But, um, but you're doing bodyweight exercises and basically they're simulating, oh, okay. you know, what you'd have to go through. Cause it's still, it's still work, right. Going through those bodyweight exercises to simulate the obstacles oh, yeah. and then you run, right? Oh, by the way, now you're going to run oh, a half marathon. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, congrats to you too, because I've done a few Spartans as well. And that's another thing with Spartan is it's the people, it's the energy, it's the looking at the cool adrenaline junkie thing in front of you. So to take it from that to just being outside on the sidewalk <laughs> doing body weight exercises, you know, there's almost no reason for you to be like interested in still doing that. So I'm glad you still did it. <laughs> right. Well, uh, like you said, I've got, I'm looking right here at my medals, you know, we got yeah. the medals that, that show, that's here and, and Spartan also did a nice job of 
hyping us up, right? You know, do yeah. these races, we're supporting each other. They had campaigns where if you ran on a certain weekend, then you're kind of ranked with, with other folks doing the same thing. Cool. So it was, yeah. So it was really nice to kind of have that, that community uh, to, to kind of carry us through that. That's awesome. So, so cool. So thank you for sharing, you know, your story about the, the marathon. And I'm thinking again, just like we talked about before getting started in, into running, we talked about that, but now going longer distances, what should runners think about if they're, they made it to the 5k, they don't know if they could do the half marathon or marathon. Like what should they be thinking about to kind of make that decision and then mentally prepare for it? Yeah. One last piece I want to share about my marathon story. And this kind of goes into like, what, what should you do when you want to take that next step is figure out what support you need. Is it a professional coach? Is it a virtual coach who, you know, or hired online? Is it changing your diet a little bit? Ask a nutritionist, ask your doctor. Is it bringing that community around you? And I, this is the last piece of my marathon story that I did want to share because throughout this interview. And when I talk about doing my marathon, I say I was alone for so much of it. And I really was. But at my marathon, I made it a whole event. I did my marathon by starting at one point, and then I would run out and back out and back. And so I organized for friends to come with me on different legs, and then they would peace out and go home. But I also had friends who stayed the whole time, who brought balloons, who brought <laughs> signs. I had a girl who could not participate, but she just came up during one of my my little stops and brought me champagne and orange juice. So I did want to say and give a ton of credit to everybody who made my marathon awesome. Um, but yeah, if you're wanting to take it to the next level, you got to ask yourself, what do I need? I think sometimes when we're reaching for athletic goals or we're trying to take the next step in our journey, we think about where should I be? Instead of asking where should you be, what what do you need to get there? Like what do you as an athlete need? I think we need to be more selfish and we need to figure out, is it something physical? Is it inspiration? Is it gear? We haven't even talked about gear, but gear is a huge difference maker. I, for the first time, got like actually fitted for a pair of shoes and years and years and years for my marathon. And it was also a game changer. And that played into keeping me healthy with my knee. So I would ask yourself, what do I need to get there? It's not what time should I be running? Who should I keep up with? What Instagram should I follow? Just take a breath and say, what do I need? And try to give yourself the best tools possible. Very, very insightful. And I'm thinking if I ever make the decision to go do a marathon, that will be my first question. Like, what, what, what do I need to get there? Yes. I'll probably need a lot. So that'll be yeah, a long list. Yeah, but, I did uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool. Very cool. Okay. All right. Excellent. So so I think that that's very, very helpful, again, in, in the context of someone thinking about uh, once they're starting to run, you know, 5Ks or, or that distance and they want to progress, that's really interesting. Like not so much um, thinking about so much the outcome necessarily, but like, how to get there. And, and like you said, what, what they need. That's a really interesting way. Okay. Very cool. So anything else about your marathon journey that you want to want to share with our listeners kind of as we, we uh, wrap up here. I thank people for listening to it and I'm super thankful for everybody who did help me get to where I wanted to go in the way 
that I did. And I would just encourage people, if you think something is impossible, but you really do want it, you have to really want it. Set those SMART goals, you know, those uh, specific, attainable, measurable, all of that. Set those goals and you can get there. I feel so incredibly proud and I'm so thankful to 29-year-old Sarah who looks back at 15-year-old Sarah and is like, look what we can do so many years later, you know? So if you want to set those goals, you got to want it and then figure out how you can get there. And the pride and the adrenaline and the accomplishment is so, so worth the end game for sure. Very cool. Sarah, thank you so much. Uh, I love this conversation, such insightful conversation here. And how can the Inspire Virtual Runs community find you, follow your journey online and listen to your podcast? Maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So you can find me on Instagram. I spend most of my social media time there. My name on there is Sarah, S-A-R-A-M-C-I-N-E-R-N-E-Y, Hawk. So Sarah McInerney Hawk. S-A-R-A-M-C-I will get you there. I have, you know, a difficult last name, but it's a part of my roots, so I don't want to let it go. And then my podcast, you can find everywhere on social media at Facing Fear with Sarah. I've, I've interviewed some runners on my show as well, so you guys can go back and check those out for some running inspiration specifically. And then also I have some really awesome merch at FacingFearWithSarah.com, and there's a blog there, and just a lot of different content um, of how to face fear in many different aspects of life. And um, hopefully on my personal social media, I'll continue to share my exercise journey and continue to move forward with that and be an inspiration. I'm also a um, group fitness performer at Lifetime. So I got to give Lifetime a shout out as well. It's been my fitness community for seven months now, and I'm super thankful for them. So thanks to Lifetime for helping me be able to give back to the community as well. Very cool. Very cool. Sarah, thank you so much. Really enjoyed this conversation. I love your podcast. I listen to the episodes. I'm making my way through. I'm looking awesome. forward to, to more, and I appreciate uh, your time in this conversation. Well, thank you so much for having me, and thanks to everybody for listening today. Go enjoy yourself on your next run. That's it for this episode of Inspire Virtual Runs Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review. Also, be sure to click the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening.